every now and then I do an episode that's really personal. It's about my personal story and things that happened to me and my career. And I'm going to do one of those today. It's very unscripted. It's very chit-chatty. And it's telling you about the reasons why I quit my job. I'm Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. Every now and then I do an episode that is very personal. It's about my personal career, what happened to me, and I hope that my experiences and sharing it with you gives you some idea about what to expect or what not to do or what to do. <laughs> this is one of those episodes. It's very chit-chatty, it's very unscripted, and I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to talk to you about the three reasons why I quit my job. When I say I quit my job, I mean I quit working as a full-time executive. Because truthfully, I did not actually quit the actual job that I was doing back then. I was made redundant. But what I did quit was job searching and going back into the workforce as a full-time employee working for somebody else. Now, you may have heard my story before. I have done an episode on this. I have also, it's scripted on my website because everybody really asks me about it. And I decided that it was better to just share it on the website and, and on the podcast and make it really easy for people to hear it. I've always wanted to be a career coach. I didn't think I, I was going to do it so soon in my career. I was 47 when I decided that I didn't want a job search anymore. I'm pretty sure that if I had continued to look for a job, or if I, if I started to look for a job in the first place, that I would have found something. So I'm not bragging about myself. It's just statistically <laughs> based on, you know, previous experiences and also based on the average time that a, an executive needs to look for work, especially pre-pandemic. I knew it, that I would find something in three to six months time. I was pretty certain. In fact, I shared in this podcast before that I received a call and I could have gone for a job interview straight away, right after I was made redundant. And I'm not saying I would have gotten that job, but, you know, I, I was feeling pretty confident that there was a market there for my skills and that I could find something else if I wanted to. I was devastated that I was made redundant. I really enjoyed working with my team and parts of my job, not everything, but parts of my job were really fun and interesting. But I understood the reasons why I was made redundant and I'm at peace with that. I, I really didn't feel the need to change the announcement. So when you were a senior executive and you are restructured and pushed out of the organization, you have some benefits. You know, you can actually choose what the message is going to be communicated and how you're going to work out. And you can say, that, for example, I, I was given an option to say that I wanted to, to leave, but that was just not true. And I, I didn't think I could look my team in the eye and say I wanted to leave because they knew how passionate I was about my work. And also I was very at peace with myself and I'm very straight shooter. So I, I didn't want to send a different message. So I just decided to own it. I'm glad I did. I, I think that different people require different exit strategies. And at different times in my career, you know, I'm 
I've chosen different things. And I know that some of my colleagues left around that time. They may have chosen to do things differently. And that's totally fine. You know, whatever you decide to do is fine. You can actually work with a coach to make sure what the best solution is for you in terms of maintaining your brand and your reputation. I was just really comfortable with walking out with my redundancy package. And I didn't want to change the the comms. I, I thought the comms was great. I had great support from my boss, excellent support from HR, and I was very comfortable walking out. So I decided to then quit my job. And even for people that really knew me, that was surprising. I think that they felt that it was too soon. A few things made me feel comfortable and confident that I could quit my career as a senior executive or an executive and do my own thing and have my consultancy and coaching. And these three reasons I'm going to share with you today. I'm sharing this towards the end of the year because I think that a lot of people at this time of the year start reflecting about their own career paths and what could have, should have, would have happened, should have, you know, if they decided to do something differently. And that's totally normal. Everybody needs to make those internal conversations and reflections from time to time to make sure that they are on the path that they want to be and that they're leading a purposeful life and that they're leading towards their preferred future, not just any future that just happens to them. I don't like happenstance. I don't like serendipity personally. I like to have a, some certainty about outcomes in my life. I feel more secure. I think it comes from the fact that I'm a migrant, that I've migrated to Australia. And when you do move away from your home country and you have no connections, no money, no nothing, you tend to be very careful with your career, with your future steps professionally and personally into a completely new, new world. You feel like an alien and you want to settle in and you want to find your footing. So for that reason, I've always wanted to be very confident about what I was doing. And I always knew that eventually I would go back to an entrepreneurial way of living. It's not for everyone. And these three reasons why I decided I could give it a go, I think makes all the difference for me. And it could help you if you're reflecting about your own career choices around this time. The first thing that I assessed was this, my risk management analysis for myself and my personal life and finances showed that I could afford to take the risk. Now, I was 47. I'm now 49. I'm turning 50 soon. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to give this my very best go to have my consultancy, to start coaching. And I will give it a few years, a good three to five years. And if it doesn't work, I will come back into the workforce. Or even if it works, but I'm tired of it and I miss being with people, I will go back. I interviewed a friend of mine, Karen James. She is fantastic. Such an amazing woman. That interview, I will put a link to it in the show notes below. Karen James was a huge influence in a way in, in my decision to open my own business because she did that. She left Commonwealth Bank, which is a major bank here in Australia did her own thing, was very successful doing her own thing for many years. And then she felt like she needed a team again and needed to work with other people and, you know, connect in different ways and challenge herself in different ways. And she's now the CEO of a not-for-profit based in Melbourne. And she has 
always embraced career challenges and different paths in a very positive and optimistic way. Of course, there are risks, but, you know, I think it's important to do that analysis. And I'd like to do that counterpoint with Karen because she is, you know, a solo agent and found ways of making it work for her. Whereas for me, frankly, one of the reasons why I felt so safe and secure was because I have a wonderful partner. I married and the dual income and his support for my my business have always been uh, paramount to me. And it really enabled me to be able to start a business and not have any income for a while, knowing that he has a secure job and, and that his income would, would keep us going while my business was growing. So Andre has always been a great rock for me and incredibly supportive of everything that I've decided to do, frankly. <laughs> Let's move to Australia. Yes. And let's have a business. Yes. So he's, he's very good like that. And I remember when I left Monash uh, after my redundancy and a few days later I went to him and I said, look, I, I want to do this styling course. I wanted to do a styling course. You know, I, I really think it would help me. And he thought it was like interior design. So he was like, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> like whatever, whatever you want to do, go do it. And it was, in fact, personal styling. It was about choosing clothes and, and all of that. And I'm really glad I did it because I, I helped some great clients of mine, you know, get ready for pre-pandemic interviews with, you know, choosing clothes. And, and I've spoken about this in previous episodes as well. That was all I did with that course. And maybe for some personal sort of selfish reasons, I, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, no, whatever, you know, whatever I want to do, he's very supportive. So that's great. But also, Andre and I, our family, we have a somewhat frugal lifestyle. You know, we're not wealthy, but we're not poor. We don't mind uh, living on a budget and we're used to it. I think migrating to Australia and all of those changes have made us really frugal and good at budgeting and living a lifestyle that's not indulgent, that's not expensive, that's not wasteful. We have simple tastes. I mean, not super simple. We're actually quite urbanoids and we like to go to concerts and we like to go to restaurants and stuff like that. But we have pretty happy just living in Melbourne and having friends over and not doing much, frankly, <laughs> watching TV and reading books. That, that all sort of suffices for us. We're very, we're very easy going like that. We had just sold our house and downsized to a smaller property with a, a smaller mortgage. We had savings. We had the redundancy package. And the fact that he had his income still going met, meant that I could grow my business without that stress of making money quickly. That's never a good thing when you're opening a business. And I know that because this is not my first business. So I think that that risk management analysis showed that I really could afford to take the risk. And I also had tools already to, to use because I had my first business. So I banged my head on the wall previously in my 20s. And now in my 40s with my kids grown up, I have two adult sons and, and the support of my husband. That was pretty good. The second reason why I thought I could quit my job was that I knew that ownership was more important to me than income generation. So I'll repeat that because that's really important for people that want to have their own business. Ownership was more important to me 
than income generation. Having my own thing excites me. You know, I get excited about the business being mine and me calling the shots. This is the second time that I open my business. And it's the second time that as I'm opening my business, someone decides that they uh, would love to be my partner. So when I opened my first business in Brazil, it was a travel business specialized in corporate travel and international education, specifically sending executives overseas to do executive education and MBAs paid by their businesses. They're usually, you know, subsidiaries of large European and American companies based in Brazil who were scouting great talent, local talent, training them and wanted them to make sure that they had excellent English and good international education before they would take C-level opportunities in, in the company based in Brazil. I really loved doing it, but I, I started from the ground up. I was in my early 20s with a young son and the mother of a friend of mine really wanted to join and I said no and that seemed really dumb at the time I mean everybody thought it was dumb but I really wanted the business to be mine and I wanted to call the shots and I didn't want to split decision making with anybody else and the same happened this time and the partnership would have been great I love the people that came on board and suggested that we could partner up but I still wanted to design the programs and create the business around my lifestyle and around things that I wanted to do. So I decided to say no. And and yeah, I think it's really important. And income generation is important to me. And I'm so glad that after, what, two years of coaching, I can safely say I'm in a very good spot at the moment. But the ownership was more important, even if I didn't make a lot of money. Just having that experience of running my own thing was what I really wanted to do. But I think this is really important because if you think you're going to open a business and make a lot of money very quickly, that is potentially wrong. <laughs> it's very rare and it takes a long time for you to understand the nuances of how the business flow month by month and when things will work well and when they don't. Every day I'm still learning. Every day I'm making my business better. And sometimes my husband tells me, asks me, what are you doing? Why, why are you working so late? And I'm like, oh, I have all these things that I want to do in 2022, you know, I'm usually thinking six months ahead, you know, and thinking about what will work well with my clients and what won't. And during this pandemic, it's been nonstop learning because every quarter is completely different from the other. Can you imagine as a career coach, the employment and unemployment balance has been completely crazy for the past two years that I've been coaching. So I'm learning all the time. So that's the second reason. And the third reason is I don't care what other people think. I could not be doing this if I cared what other people think. Now, this is so important because when you are a senior executive and you have been a CEO and you have been a director and you, you know, have been considered for other roles as CEOs and directors, then you decide to do a new executive coaching like I'm doing. Some people have an issue with that. Some people will look at me and think, what? <laughs> what are you doing? And frankly, I don't care what they think. What, what's important for people to understand is whatever you want to do, you only live once. It is your life. Go do it, right? 
So if you're trying to please people and I'm and you're close to your 40s and 50s, then you need to give that up. It's not going to be good for your mental health. It's not going to be good for your, your life, for your contentment, for your happiness. So I just think you can do whatever you want to do. If you want to quit your executive career and become a tradie, do gardening, go do it. I know someone who, when I was the CEO of the John Monash Foundation, she was the CEO of another foundation. And she quit and went to TAFE to become a tradie. <laughs> and I thought that was fantastic. I know someone who went from being an executive to becoming a DJ. And I thought that was great too. I mean, really, you get, like I said, you only live once. And it's not a mid-career crisis. It's just a mid-career pivot. It's changing to based on your learnings about yourself and what makes you tick and what makes you happy. And again, like I said in point number one, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you go back and you do whatever you need to do to go into the workforce again. And that's fine too. It's not one thing or the other. Once you choose a path, it's not like you cannot go back. And I did, I think very early on, I did an episode about this because I, I want people to feel safe in making decisions and confident. Because if you make decisions and you're insecure, you're already opening up a huge black hole that can sink your dreams and your business into it, right? So don't compare yourself with anybody else. Don't compare your career with any other career. What others think of you doesn't matter. Well, at least it doesn't matter to me. I don't care if I don't make a lot of money. I don't care about um, my status as a, an executive. I care about making my clients, you know, make the best out of their careers. That's what really, really moves me and, and makes me passionate about what I do. I found a way to make a living out of my gift. And I feel like I'm the sort of coach where I have had so many scars and so many experiences career-wise. I have taken note of all of that, recorded and archived it all. Like literally, I have written it down, <laughs> as you probably know if you've been following me for a while, that I, I have taken notes of every thing that have, has happened to me, knowing that one day I would come back to those notes and use them. I'm looking at them right now. They are files and files of archives that I have physically, you know, the archives are in front of me and in my computer as well. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I care a lot about getting my clients into better jobs. And I, I'm very, I feel very lucky and privileged. I think it's a privilege to make those choices, right? And that's something that often I have to discuss with my clients. Can you do it? You know, because it is a privilege to make those, those dreams come true. And I'm very lucky that I, I'm being able to do it. So these are the three reasons why I quit my job, that I felt comfortable quitting my job. I made a, a risk management analysis. I realized that I could afford to take the risk. I knew that ownership was more important to me than income generation and that I could wait to generate income in time and it didn't have to be straight away. And even if I didn't make as much money I was, as, as I was making in the corporate world, that I would be happy and satisfied with my job. And I also didn't care what other people thought about my choices and that I 
wouldn't care about comparing myself with others. I was pretty certain and confident about the path that I was choosing for myself. I hope that this has helped you. You know, I listened to Elizabeth Gilbert's podcast. I forget the name. It's something magic, something, something magic. And it's a lovely series. It's not, it's not uh, ongoing. It's a few years old now, but it's a series of episodes where she's talking to creatives and giving them advice, almost mentoring creatives. Every episode is about one creative and, and she's talking to them and helping them with their craft. And Elizabeth Gilbert, she is very pragmatic as a creative, you know. And I remember her saying in one of the episodes that she had two concepts about how you make choices in your career. One is to be pushed and the other one is people that push themselves. Either you're pushed or you're you're pushing yourself. And I, I had to be pushed. So the, the redundancy was that big push. If I had to push myself, I would probably have waited a bit more because of this personal choice that I have to always feel secure and confident. So I would probably have waited for one or two more senior executive roles before I took a chance on having my own business. But I am so glad that I was pushed. Looking back now, I'm so glad because I feel that at 47, 48, 49, the age that I'm now, I can relate so much more with my clients and I have so much energy and, and I, I, it was just the right time. I really didn't have any interest whatsoever in applying for full-time roles. So it could come back to me. And it could be that, like my friend Karen, after a few years, I will miss working with others. I have a great team now. I work with three amazing women, one, one in the U.S. and two in the Philippines. And I just love delegating. So I'm very happy that I can afford to have Camille, Stella and Sienna working for me. It's a great partnership and a great collaboration of someone who owns a business and three freelancers and they're excellent at what they do. So I'm, I'm glad to say I already have a small team and I work very closely with some collaborators like people from Slade Group, you know, Jeff and Anita and Bill from Transearch and Jacinta and Donna and Carol and Jen from Watermark, James from the UK, from Talent Predicts. And I love working with those sort of collaborations and other coaches like Michelle Redfern, Sue, Susan Colantuano from A Career That Source. I think that if you have your own business, you really have to surround yourself with like-minded entrepreneurs and freelancers, collaborators and businesses that can support you. And that really, that uh, ecosystem makes it all worthwhile for me. And of course, you know, having you, the listeners, it's just so fantastic. Like every day, every day, I get amazing feedback from my listeners, from my clients. I feel the love. I feel the energy. And it's really important to me to have that connection with you. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Very chit-chatty, unscripted, like I said. And I hope that this has helped you. If it has helped you, please let me know. If you're a subscriber to my newsletter, just reply back when you get it and let me know your thoughts. And if you have any ideas for future episodes in January, I'm going to be interviewing a few guests and planning a few new episodes for you. So please send me ideas. I'd love to hear from you. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. There's a link in the show notes and you will receive an email from me every week on Tuesday morning. 
That's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. Ciao for now.